play us our intro, and then like that, that'll get us going. Coach Dick. What is thy bidding, my master? Hey, listen. Turn your head and cough, little boy. He's giving me the finger. And Stroking the microphone. I slowly die from having an overly erect penis. It gets me hard. Boy, now this is a really professional endeavor. Because we've muted our phones. Yeah, now that I turned off my porn box. All pleasure is perverse. Because the boners bring out the best in you. It will make you come like you came when you're in Cloud City in episode 5. You saw that shit happen. Oh, not it. You don't get to choose who you love. Hold on, I have to take a shit. Edit that shit out. I'm gonna go get some macaroni ready. Culture. Dig. I don't know about you guys, I just want to, like, go home and think about my life and take a really long nap. <laughs> Greetings from Lord Humongous. This is Culture Digs, Big Dig, in which we discuss today, ladies and gentlemen, Jurassic World. Ooh. <laughs> Who do we got with us? Jimmers here. Jeff here. Jimmers, present. Jeff, present. All right, guys. Well, the, uh... The movie came out, and I know there were varying levels of excitement regarding these films. This film, rather. Uh So, before we get to that point, do we need to do a little reminiscing and talk about what has come before? Sure. All right. uh, Jimmers, you're the local Jurassic Park expert. So, uh... Yeah, that's kind of true. Let's go ahead and talk about the knob. The original... Michael Crichton novel from way back when, and uh, we'll we'll have some discussion and how that might set up to this latest installment of the movie. Yeah, I think it's weird because a lot of the stuff in the Jurassic World film now, it's stuff that was already covered in the original Jurassic Park novel in 1990. You know, all the stuff about whether they're monsters versus animals. They already had that discussion at length in the novel, in the very first one, and they decided that they were monsters, and it was settled. Wow. And have you guys has, have you guys read the novel as well? No. I read the original novel way back when the movie first came out, so okay. it's been some 20 years since I've read that book. And I haven't yeah, like, read any they, of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, they play with all these ideas in Jurassic World about, like, we're going to weaponize the, the dinosaurs, and we're going to genetically engineer them to be more spectacular and all this stuff. And they talk about all that in the original Crichton novel and Hammond comes in and he doesn't let them do it. He makes them try to make the dinosaurs look like what they actually thought the dinosaurs looked like. But they actually talk about at some point, like if they don't have enough park revenues, they were going to like shrink the dinosaurs down and make them into house pets. So like that's something that really pissed me off with the movie, too. Because they talk about, like, in the last 10 years, we've come up with new genetic bioengineering technology to allow us to do this. And it's like, no, in the world of the novels, this has been around since, like, the 80s. And they've yeah. been able to do this stuff. And they just chose not to splice and to play around with the genes because they wanted pure dinosaurs as close as they could get. I don't know. A, a uh, pet triceratops might be pretty cool. I was just going to say, can you yeah, imagine a seeing-eye triceratops? <laughs> with the uh, horns right at uh, yeah, crotch level? yeah. That, that seems like it'd be a little dangerous, Jeffrey. <laughs> I can't see where I'm going. Oh, I've just <laughs> been impaled. Oh. Hey, you'd never get uh, hurt, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. True. Anyway, so uh, anything else we could say about the uh, lead-up from the novels before we, we jump into movie territory? Yeah. I did you guys see this dossier thing that's been making the rounds on the internet? What? What is it? There's, there's this guy in Scotland... And he posted his Jurassic Park dossier from 
like 1993 and 1994 when the movie first came out. He was like oh, 10 years weird. old. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys see this? And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, no, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't he he made it like a giant manifesto with dozens and dozens of pages where he like made park maps, and he he, he pretended like he was some kind of like managerial computer engineer at Jurassic Park. And so he had like duty rosters and computer algorithms. Like he wrote oh faux God. lines of code and, and made like Unix maps and all this stuff. Just hey, like he done with the movie. Now? What's that? What, what's he do for a living now? What is he doing now? Yeah. Like um, he did all this shit as a 10 year old. I'm imagining what he's doing now. Yeah. I'm not sure what he does now. I don't think we know his real name on the internet. He goes by, it's like Michael P physics or something. So it sounds like he's doing something science oriented, maybe just or inferring maybe from that. he's lying Living. on the internet. All right, yeah, it sounds to me but, like um, he might have Asperger's. I'm I'm well, a French model. No, 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 no. I don't think it's like Asperger so much as like when I was a kid and Jurassic Park came out. Like I did very similar things. I made a bunch of InGen ID cards and I would wear them around the house. I lived in Philadelphia at the time. So we yeah. went to the Franklin Institute and the Franklin Institute had a Jurassic Park exhibit. Yeah. And I, I like took pictures of all the props and went home and made cattle prods and stuff. And in the backyard, I put <laughs> sticks in the ground to make different paddocks for the different dinosaurs. Like, like, I mean, that was how impactful the movie was. And it wasn't just me. I mean, like my friends weren't as creative. They just had parents who bought them the toys. But I mean, like, that's how it changed people's lives. That's that's impressive. I think we were that's, too that's old when it came out. Became, I, yeah, I think yeah. I probably think you are. Yeah, I, I was super, too worried about getting late or something. I was what like, nineteen ninety three when I was a yeah. kid. Yeah, ninety three. Jurassic Park hadn't come out yet. <laughs> uh, I think the only dinosaurs we had was like Land of the Lost. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, which are like claymation shit. So it, it was quite quite the difference. Uh, all right, well yeah. that actually puts it a good a good transition point to the. Uh, the films, the 1993 original. So uh, I'm going to treat this like a JFK assassination kind of thing. <laughs> Where were you when you first watched Jurassic Park? Let me see. When did it come out, did you say? 1993. You don't remember seeing Jurassic Park? Oh, I do. I'm just trying memories. to remember who I saw it with. It's like uh, It was not me. And I think it was October 22nd, 1993, because I've been rewatching some trailers. Um and uh, that, that's what it said in them. Colin Trevorrow made a, a point about like how it controlled what he did in Jurassic World because with the original Jurassic Park, he said there was only one trailer. And so I went back and rewatched the alleged one trailer. Um, I, I have no recollection I, of that. I I don't know what specific movie theater I was in. I know that I saw it afterward. After you know, I first initially saw it in like a dollar theater back when we used to have those. Do we still have those? Oh, I don't think we have those. Uh, no, we we uh, gone the way of the dodo. I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> The, so the, I dollar, seeing... the dollar theater has turned into the $5 DVD bin at Walmart. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, I was... Yeah, I don't remember who I was with. Probably my parents. Um, but uh, I do remember that sound from the T-Rex, you know, roaring. Just made everybody kind of sink into their seats a little bit. Squirm a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, I... My, my memories of the original film were the... Uh, were, where, where was I? Oh, that's right. Uh, my brother had actually gone for a job interview in uh, Tennessee, and we, we lived in Michigan at the time, and we stopped off in Franklin, Tennessee, uh, close to where we were staying for this interview. I was, you know, I was there for sort of a wing, wingman or whatever, and we watched this Jurassic Park. We, know, we knew it was Steven Spielberg, but we didn't know really what to expect, and so we watched this movie, and 
Franklin, Tennessee, and I had these very profound memories of it was like when the very when the theater first opened up, so everything was brand new, uh, and this movie everybody sort of walked out uh, after the film and sort of you know these looks of amazement, like oh shit, never seen that before. Uh, so that that's my you know that's my takeaway from that is everybody was just awestruck by this movie back then. Anyway, uh, awestruck so, and ears, yeah. uh, awestruck and ears slightly bleeding. It was loud. Yes. <laughs> it was a very, it was a very loud movie. Uh, Jimmers, uh, you were obviously a lot younger and led to some sort of uh, what do we call it, obsession on your part. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say I was pretty obsessed with it. So Any nightmares? Any nightmares? It's a level, it, it's a level no. ten obsession. Not, not that I ever remember. I don't like ever remember like being afraid of the dinosaurs, but I do think. It's like this really cool thing in movies where like sometimes they manufacture an entire world for you. And yeah. like that's what it did. And then it was also like doubly good because it was also like an apocalypse film and then it manufactures this beautiful place and it feels totally real and then it tears it down also and it does it in the most spectacular way. That it does. And I think like subconsciously that's why it got to me also. You know, like you're a little kid, like you're looking for these imaginative places to go. It's like little kids start reading Tolkien or they start, um, you know, getting into Game of Thrones or whatever kids do nowadays. Oh, Harry Potter. And they imagine they're off at Hogwarts and they get tattoos and stuff. And like that was that was like Hogwarts for me was going to live on Isla Nublar and, and going and living in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Uh, so I think this is the part we should probably out you, Jimmers, at your house at Christmas time. Would you like to describe how you decorate your yard? Oh yeah, we do. We do Chris Massick Park, <laughs> and we have like the we have the Jurassic Park gates with um, like electric continues. torches in them, and we have um you know uh, like animatronic dinosaurs, Christmas dinosaurs. They're they're real happy and friendly. <laughs> um, Holy crap! So my, my wife is eating people. Yeah, my wife is responsible for a lot of this too. I mean, she's you know anything house decorating. Is she though? All right, Jimmer. So uh, you obviously had had quite the love affair with Jurassic Park. Now, Jeffrey. Did you have any lingering fascination with Jurassic Park over the years? I watched it a bunch. Um, you watched it a bunch? Yeah. But that's about it. I mean, I've always been into, like, actual dinosaur stuff, so. Uh, got you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I probably right where I mean, like, I read the novel after the movie came out. Then, the, you know, the ball started rolling with the, uh, the sequel, Lost World, and... Jimmers, did that novel like did that novel come out before the movie? Uh, it, uh yeah. My, okay, my the Lost World. Yeah, the Lost World. Hold on, the the actual novel came out ninety five. The movie, what did it come out? Ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it was it was kind of done in conjunction. Okay, because they both um like the studio and Spielberg and Crichton. This is like one of the great um famous retconnings of all time because Ian Malcolm dies at the end of the first novel. Yes, Do you remember this? Yeah, my my, dad, big, very big, my dad always complained about it. That's why I know the book came out first because he's like, "Wait a minute, that guy's yeah. dead." Right, and but like everybody agreed that Ian Malcolm was the best character in the entire book. Like he was the most interesting one. Um, I was just watching um uh Siskel and Ebert from 1993 doing their review. Yeah. Of the original Jurassic Park. There's like a channel on YouTube, Nostalgia Freak or something. And it was funny because like, like they both gave it thumbs up, but they both kind of like panned it. 
And I get maybe that's how like adults actually felt at the time. But they were both talking about how like the only person worth watching in the entire film was Ian Malcolm. So like, what did Crichton do with that? Like he he just brings him back at the beginning of Jurassic World and somewhere, uh, pardon me, not Jurassic World, uh, the Lost World. And somewhere on the first page, it has a great line because somebody's like, like, weren't you killed in Jurassic Park? And somebody says, um, no, there was a very good doctor. <laughs> and of, of, of course, like the very good doctor uh, is Michael Crichton himself. Like Michael Crichton, he once in a while, he puts in these little kind of gems where it's like self-referential yeah. referring to him. I, I read another book like that where like there was a mystery character who had, like wrote this letter. And then at the end of the book, you realize that the mystery character is Michael Crichton himself. He does little genius things like that, despite being a pop author. That's but, cool. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, but like everybody realized that Ian Malcolm had to come back to life. So they even in during the filming of Jurassic Park, they knew that they were going to change the ending. So, of course, Ian Malcolm doesn't die in that. Right. Nor does John Hammond. He dies in the novel. Oh, really? I remember that part. I do remember that oh, part. Oh, yeah. Don't the yeah, John Hammond, actors, he's out. like come through a skylight and, and, and get the, uh, what did you say his name was? Uh, what are you talking about, Hammond? No, no. Um, I think it's the compies, the compsignathus come and they, uh, they like nibble John Hammond to death. He like trips and breaks his leg. And and the little compisaurs, like there's a little tiny like oh, yeah, chicken sized yeah. dinosaurs come and like nibble him to death. Oh <laughs> yeah, not a good way to go. That yeah. it's kind of like how uh, the Wayne Knights, you know, uh, Newman from Seinfeld got yeah. sort of nibbled to death in a way. <laughs> now that now that's a character they should have brought back, been been resurrected. <laughs> they, I think they kind of, well they kind of did in Jurassic World. Like there was the computer nerd guy who was sort of slovenly with glasses. It's not Wayne anyway. Knight, though. It's not. It's not. And, I mean, obviously, no. And he's he's very good natured and he's heroic at the All end. All right. Also. So, uh, speaking of the sequels, then, guys, we we have four of these movies now. We have the original '93. We have the Lost World that came out a few years later, and then we have Jurassic Park three that came out what about three or four years after that? Something like that. Yeah. Something yeah. Like that. This has been fourteen years um, since. Yeah. So I was actually doing a little little bit of research on it. The Lost World. Okay, if you, if you go to, like, Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes, on Rotten Tomatoes, the original Jurassic Park has, like, a 93 or 94%, and then you look at Lost World, it has, like, a 54% critical consensus, and then Jurassic Park 3 was right at 50% critical consensus. And then, if I don't know if you guys what? have been paying attention to the, uh, what, what are you wanting? No, that seems really high. I mean, that that was a really crappy movie. Wh- which one? Jurassic Park 3. I thought 3 was better than 2. I thought 3 was better than 2. Yeah, so did I. No, I... Three has like talking raptors and and ugh. and just I, the entire thing. But I like they the lure them back onto the better. island, and and the 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 parents have to reconcile themselves and and not get divorced. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it was it was like not even good dinosaur spectacle, which kind of smacks of the most recent one, don't you think? That is, I, I've been thinking about this too because are we going to talk about Jurassic World now? Uh, well, are we ready? We're, we have to bash the uh, sequels first. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, I mean, we're not we're not done bashing two and three by by any stretch. Okay, well, well let's keep going with it. We get, what, what was uh, your what was your beef with uh, Lost World then? Uh, I don't think the Lost World was quite as bad. I mean, they bring back Malcolm, and then at times during the course of the movie, like Malcolm didn't even seem like Malcolm. He was doing a lot of dumb crap too. Um, That's how the I, I don't. Work. I, I don't think it was the, like that bad because. It, it was also, it kind of had like the self-immunizing effect of self-awareness where like 
the T-Rex when it's running through San Diego or whatever, flipping buses over. And then there's the three, just it's a total non sequitur. There's like three Japanese businessmen with briefcases running down the street and they turn around and start shouting Godzilla or some shit like that. Oh, and it's yeah. like, all right, like, like Steven Spielberg knows what he's getting into, you know, right, right. There are all kinds of visual puns, you know, like th- there was the dog that was barking at the T-Rex and then it, it's, it, um, it just has like the chain hanging out of its mouth and it drinks yeah. the entire swimming pool. Or, and, wasn't that number two? Yeah, I mean, the, that was, we're talking about the lost world. Yeah. It's number two. Yeah. Oh, I thought we were talking about the third one now. Oh, uh, well, let's go. What, so, oh yeah. We're making fun of that one. First. What's your main beef about the lost world then? Just is pales of comparison. What, yeah, I mean, was pretty it, much. It, okay, so set up for yeah, like, See, yeah. I, I mean, cannot, I, I don't like Jeff Goldblum, and I don't like, um, oh goddamn, uh, Julianne Moore, at all. So those at watching those actors lead this film was already a painful experience for even back then. Before I had sort of developed my some hatred for some actors acting, uh, I was just, uh, what do you? I was completely bored watching these people it was just unconvincing and that was probably mm. my main beef with the second one whereas i was actually glad for the third one they brought back sam neill and say what you want yeah. about the movie mm-hmm. uh, at least you know it had uh p uh, possible right. way it had well, sam mm-hmm. neill Taylioni, uh which you know i think as far as the acting goes, it was much better. And that might be why I like it better than the second one. But you're yeah. right. It definitely does have its issues. And mm-hmm. there is no shortage of people being stupid. That's just sort of how these movies work. I mean, it's sort of yeah. the, uh, the horror movie trope. Yeah. But uh, I did enjoy the third one a little yeah. bit more. But not but well, this I, thing. I, it's like not much more. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's the lesser of two evils for me. I, I think of the second and the third ones in context of the first one. And, and like how much they degraded it, you know what I mean? It's like the relative amount that I hate that movie. Because, like, the second, like, The Lost World, it's like, all right, Malcolm comes back, and, like, what's he doing? Like, he's being true to himself, and he goes out and he announces that Hammond was playing God, and InGen was creating dinosaurs, and everybody thinks he's crazy. Like, that seems like something that Malcolm would do. And then, like, he adopts adopts the, the kid, the black girl... And they go out to the island, you know, and his, his girlfriend forces him to go out there. Oh, I remember um, Vince Vaughn was like the, the random photographer. That always yes, was really yes, weird yes, to me. Yes. That, that kind of pissed me off. But even, you know, like Richard Attenborough, I think he, he's on his deathbed at the end. And he's like, like, please don't make the same mistake as me. And it kind of seems like that's what John Hammond would do. Like, all yeah. right. It's not as good a movie as Jurassic Park, but it seems like it's happening in the Jurassic Park universe. Like the third one, it's funny because you're talking about it has Sam Neill coming back in Jurassic Park 3. And yeah. it's true because like... I, I like Sam Neill. Um, I, I like Jeff Goldblum too, but I like Sam Neill. And um, uh, he's giving a speech at a college at the beginning of the film, and he's talking about somebody's asking about the dinosaurs on on the island, and he's like, "They aren't dinosaurs. They aren't animals. They're monsters." Yeah. And like in the first Jurassic Park in the movie, the big life lesson is like they're not monsters they're just animals like any other and they're they're generally just amoral and you know like you know if the t-rex is hungry it'll eat you but if it sees a raptor it'll go after the raptor first you know voila this is how you get out deus ex machina well and um i just heard a story like speaking about their you know monsters or animals uh i just heard a story about a lady who was uh safariing in africa and she was taking pictures and she had the window open and oh uh, yeah a male lion she was a Dagger. Game of Thrones crew member. Oh yeah, that's right. 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember her. Hammer but a, a lion just dragged her ass out of the car and killed her. So, monster oh, or animal. But, I mean, mm-hmm. it's sad because it's you know, the lady died, but there were, like, they showed, on the same article that I was reading, they showed all the signs where it says, keep her windows up, doors closed, wild animals, and it's like, is this evolution? Is this is this uh, Darwin in effect here? Because there's your whole horror movie that. trope of uh, people being maybe stupid little... people doing stupid things. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You're right about that. All right, yeah. uh, so let's go ahead and segue that into Jurassic World, uh, gentlemen. We we have all seen this movie at this point. So who wants to go first? Jurassic World. It was a crowd pleaser, if nothing else. I saw the thing in real D 3D. Is, is that like a, a, a backhanded compliment? Uh, yeah, because okay. I've given up on trying to convince people that movies that they like suck. Because <laughs> then it's invariably it's like, well, this movie made a half billion dollars its opening weekend. So and I'm like, yeah, but it sucks. And then it's like, uh, well, I liked it and so did 25 million other people. And it's I, like my only response at that point is, but you're all stupid. Um, I, I'll yeah. say I feel like like on one level... Like, I understand how it was a very enjoyable movie, and it did reverse a bunch of tropes that are absolutely killing me with um, action movies in general. Like, every single action movie has to open up with some crazy action scene. I just recently saw a really, really bad movie. I'm a big Star Trek fan, too, and it's taken me years to get around to see this because I know it sucked. But I saw Star Trek Into Darkness. Oh, at the beginning of the At the beginning of the film, it's supposed to be like the Enterprise is on this planet, and they're trying to save this indigenous alien race from a volcano. And rather than just, like, saving them from the volcano, they have to get into a fight with them, and they're running, the aliens are running after Kirk and McCoy throwing spears at them, and it's like Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then they run into a, a giant beast in the forest. And, and, no boulders, though. Yeah. And, and it's like, going on, I'm like, why, why couldn't they just put the volcano out, and, like, that's the end of their mission? Like, that's how real Star Trek is. But it's like, no, like, the rules of the game for action movies are, like, you have to have a cold open into a crazy action scene. And then later on, you'll explain it, and later on, it might have something to do with the plot. At least in this, it didn't. Um, I like how like it was sort of like betraying expectations too, because uh, I was sure they were going to show a dinosaur right out of the gate. This is something like we're talking about Jurassic. It did um, take a while. It, 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 yeah, that's one of the things I noticed in watching it. I mean, shit, Chris Pratt didn't even come in until, like, what, 30 minutes in? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh, that sounds about right. Well, I was reading an article with Colin Trevorrow, and he was talking about how he couldn't hold off showing the dinosaurs as long as he wanted to. And he's like, when Spielberg made Jurassic Park in 93, that was acceptable. And he, this is what I was talking about with the trailer. Like, he only had to produce one trailer. And so, like, you're not going to, like, run out of content, you know, showing trailers and stuff. And he's like, but I had to give away... You know, the weenie. I had to show everybody the Indominus Rex or whatever the hell that piece of crap garbage dinosaur was. And that was it. Like, everybody knows what it looks like before they go into the theater. Yeah. And, and he was making it sound like he had to give it away sooner than he wanted to in the film. Got, you got to was surprised. Toys, he, yeah. He, well, he held off quite a long time. Um, yeah, yeah, and, uh, I but, Like, here's the thing. Like, it, it was self-aware, though, too, because, like, there's a big giant. Like, it starts with the egg hatching. And then oh. it cuts to, like, there's this giant dinosaur foot hitting the ground. It's like, doom. And you think it's like the the car scene from the original Jurassic Park right. where the T-Rex breaks out of the paddock. And then it pans out, and it's just a bird. And everybody in the theater <laughs> laughs. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and then like the bird that. just flies away. And then it's just like a family, and they're, they're being like a really cliche, crappy, you know, wasp family. And the parents, well, we're going to see you in a week. And the kids, you know, the teenage son is like, but my girlfriend. And it, it kind of like deteriorated to that really quickly. But I thought it was a really cool reversal of expectations of how yeah. action movies work. That was neat. It, that that was interesting. Oh, okay, so uh, Jeffrey, 
initial impressions? Um, it was a fun ride. There were there were a lot of stupid mistakes, like maybe too many than to be believable at, at a certain point. Um, they had one guy with an R- RPG. Uh, dinosaur that big? You want lots of RG, uh, RG, blah, 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 RPGs. Also, probably some if, C4, you know, all that. Yeah. Also, if you're, let's say you went hunting an elephant. If the round is too small for an elephant, you would not hunt something bigger than an elephant with that round. Just, just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you're saying a nine millimeter isn't going to do you much good? No. <laughs> <laughs> Even an AK-47 might not be good good enough. Probably not. Um, also, yeah. they seem to have a lot of technology. Shouldn't they have had some kind of drone with a missile? Wouldn't that been the way to take Should, it out? Shouldn't they have had a lot of things in this movie? <laughs> well, uh, wait, wait, like wait, no fail-safes yeah. for anything anywhere. It's like nobody had a contingency plan other than you know, Vincent D'Onofrio going, Hey, guys, yeah. I got this really cool idea. Let's yeah, put well, laser beams on their backs and go right the Velociraptors in the battle. Oh wait, that's the movie I actually wanted to see. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I, I was talking about like the original Jurassic Park created a world, and then you got to kind of inhabit it. And because I remember like at home having maps of Isla Nublar and all this stuff. And this is something too. Like I never understood quite like the physics of like this theme park because they're only on part of the island, and then like. The top half, north half of the island was cut off because that's where the old Jurassic Park was. And we didn't want anyone to ever think about Jurassic Park because they would think about what a disaster it was. And yeah. like, by the way, do you know how many people died in the original Jurassic Park? Like two, three? Um, no, I think it's four. I think it's, okay. it's, it's Arnold, Gennaro, you know, the lawyer guy. Right. Um, it's Dennis Nedry who totally had it coming. And it's Muldoon, you know, the clever girl who gets killed by yeah. the raptor. I think that's it. And, and I mean, like, yeah, all right, that's a little bit of a tragedy, but like, like if you're going to either, you're either going to like keep it Jurassic Park or you're going to put it somewhere completely different and not use the exact same island and just like put up a fence and say, no one go near uh, where the visitor center, which yeah. they did. But yeah, I, I like the logistics of it because they have like this first response team that comes out and they're non-lethal and they're wearing, they're wearing like molly webbing plate carriers. Like they're going to get shot at, even though their sole purpose is to like track down dinosaurs and they have yeah. like no pouches uh, because on, everybody, on everybody is carriers. secretly wanting the velociraptors to shoot people. Yeah. Well, did you hear about this a couple of years ago? There was a thing people were speculating about Jurassic park four is what they were calling it at the time. And people had said the movie was going to be about how the government was trying to use velociraptors as um weapons of war they were going to send them right. into battle and everyone on the internet was like this is ridiculous we already hate this movie more than jurassic park 3 yeah and then it's everybody was like no it's totally getting scrapped they're not doing that they're not doing that and then i go into this movie and i'm like i'm watching it and then like three quarters of the way through the movie they're like we'll just continue our program of weaponizing the raptors which we were doing in secret all the time you know what i mean and yeah. i was like holy shit they made the fucking movie that everybody said was too damn stupid to ever consider it was a giant joke and the, like that's it like if they're gonna do it they need to embrace it and just go full bore with it oh uh, no yeah I, I have something so i have something yes, i remember going to say uh as as soon as the abdominus rex got out of the paddock i'm like the mosasaur could take that out that's what moses really was. that's the first thing you said yeah, yeah i leaned over to my wife and said it um because, you know, mosasaurs used to, they, they suspect they hunted the shoreline sometimes, like crocodiles, and they would take out mm-hmm. dinosaurs. Oh, are ones. we talking about the thing that got them at the end? 
Yeah. yeah, the Mosasaur. Okay, well, first, first, guys, yeah, a spoiler, but uh, I was expecting Qui-Gon to, like, jump up and say, like, oh, there's always a bigger <laughs> fish. And then, like, Jar Jar is going, oh, yes, Massa, whatever he fucking says. Uh, uh, I, I I was... Yeah. Perhaps it was the, the mood in which I, I watched this film, but I did not much care for it. In fact, uh, I know some of you guys were saying, like, oh, it's at least better than the other two. But, like, I'm not so sure. Like, once you got to that part where the kids are going towards the the enclosure and you have Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt, you know, running towards the, the enclosure and the Indominus Rex just sort of like bowls through this building and lets all these, you know, uh, pterodactyls or what the fuck they were out. Uh, I was like, why is there an enclosure? An enclosure full of like 80 pterodactyls. Yeah, that was and, too many. Like, what? There was no narrative purpose other than to fuck shit up. Like, mm-hmm. it was so obvious and blatant that I felt I was just offended by the storytelling at that point. Yeah. Uh, and of course, that that's actually what causes the uh, I don't know the unbridled chaos that you know brought us to our ca- our climax was all these pterodactyls running around. Uh, fucking shit up. And of course, I just wanted to sing the uh, motherfucking pterodactyl song. <laughs> <laughs> Tear you a new ass. Sure, surely it was going through other people's mind as well, right? What went through my mind at that point was yeah. <laughs> what went to my mind at that point. It was it wasn't normal um, animal behavior. What if you scare um, animals away? They they run like the pterodactyls did, and then they go hide or they keep yeah. flying. They don't. Well, it's they, like. Why was uh, um, I was so bothered by that? Uh, oh, so what about the uh, you, you heard about this thing a little while back about Joss Whedon complaining about one of the trailers? It was the interaction between Chris Pratt and and Bryce Dallas Howard towards the beginning that you know, oh that the like, sexist or whatever the release scene or whatever. Yeah, um, so, I, I don't I don't know if it was sexist. It was just a really poorly written scene. It, that's what <laughs> I'm saying. Like it was just yeah. so awkward, and those two had no chemistry. And like you know, we've uh-huh. seen them both and other things and you know doing a much better job but oh her character yeah. is so terrible and and you, you talk about the director's uh take on things he re- just recently like in the last week or two came out to defend that scene and he was saying how oh, Bryce Dallas Howard's a hero yada yada I'm like well yeah but you still made her seem like a twat yeah um did you see all the stuff uh, I think it was originally on Jezebel they're making a big deal cuz even in the trailers she wears high heels the entire movie. So she's always running from the Indominus Rex in high heels, even after she does a thing in the forest where she kind of like opens up the front of her shirt. Uh, yeah. To, dresses to down or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, um, Trevorrow came out and was saying that it wasn't his decision. He told her to take her shoes off or wear flats and she refused. She said that the high heels were part of her femininity and she would never give that up even if she were being chased by a 40-foot-tall dinosaur. Bullshit. Um, <laughs> so he blamed her. Yeah. What? He blamed her. And uh, But it's funny because like, the rest of the article was about how like all these people were like try- trying to give him advice. Like Spielberg was coming out of the woodwork and... Um, uh, God, somebody else, but you know, like the studio and stuff, we're all talking to him, and he kept kept reiterating that everyone else kept telling him, like, "This is your movie, Colin. This is your movie," which usually is a sign that the movie sucks. It brought, yeah, I have a so, point. Uh, yeah, they're all like you on this. 
I know Spielberg said the same thing to the guy. Yeah, whoever directed Jurassic Park 3, Spielberg said the exact same thing to him. I saw it on the uh, director's track for the film once. Oh, isn't that interesting? No, like... He said, this is your movie, not mine. We're unanimous in that it's it's, uh, sort of fun to watch, but not a very good movie. I thought it was better than Um, the second one. I think maybe even better than the third one. Yeah, okay. I, I think it was kind of fun to watch once in 3D. I probably am not going to be like, you know, totally thrilled to sit through it again. I, I feel like the ideas that it generates, not even like so much philosophically, like the first Jurassic Park was a, a fairly deeply philosophical movie. Yeah. And uh, I think it brings up a lot of questions about filmmaking and stuff, too. What do you mean? Um, like, like well, we're talking about it being self-aware, like with the the bird foot, the crow's foot at the beginning that you think oh, is a yeah. dinosaur foot. Um, when they first introduced the Mosasaurus, you know, what is it doing? It's eating a great white shark. And this is almost to the day, 40 years from when Jaws was released by True. Steven Spielberg. Yep. And it's supposed to be saying, like, look what has happened to the monster action flick over the course of, of U.S. cinema. I know. That, that, that signifies well, because you saw the, the box office report, right? No. Oh, yes. This is the, this is the biggest international open, opening for a film ever. Really? Wow. Ever. It grossed yeah. like half a billion dollars on its opening weekend internationally. And here's, right. which, which is funny because like in the, in the film, it's about a theme park which is failing and can't make any money. And you just make a movie <laughs> with a bunch of cartoon dinosaurs and it makes yeah. half a billion dollars in three days. Okay, so you, you talk about ideas... Uh, there were some, there were some other ideas that I was really bothered by during this movie, and maybe it's because I was in a bitchy mood or whatever. I wonder if you're gonna uh, get on one of the ones I was bothered by. Uh, it's, I mean, there's nothing about the classism in this movie. Uh, this theme park is off the coast of Costa Rica, uh, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, they said that the day that this happened, there were 20,000 visitors there. I'm like, who the fuck can afford to go to Costa Rica to go, you know, see these dinosaurs? And, you look around the, the park and, you know, it's it's a lot of white bread going on and uh, it, it seems very exclusionary and... Uh, but truthful. Was, right. That seems pretty truthful. Yeah. It, it is. It is. But yeah. uh, who the fuck would... I mean, the, the, the very idea of a Jurassic Park like that, I mean, it's not Disney World, right? It's yeah. not the zoo. It's something else entirely and it's uh-huh. you know, located in a four, off the coast of a foreign country uh, what kind of visitors and interactions would we expect? And I thought that was f- way too far fetched to swallow as well. I don't know. Disney World's gotten pretty damn expensive, though. Um, I, I think it's interesting much- because, like in the in the first film, they're talking about like whether they're going to charge three thousand dollars a day, ten thousand dollars a day, and stuff. And it makes me wonder. Like, I would have loved to have seen a meeting because they, they had a little bit of this where they're trying to get sponsorships for the Indominus Rex. And they're talking about they had Verizon wireless representatives. Did you notice all the product placement? Of course you did. They yeah, had um yeah. like the the um Hammond Creation Lab was sponsored by Samsung. Yeah. And they had they had a Margaritaville restaurant outside. They I had a Pandora jewelry shop. <laughs> but I mean like that's uh, I've heard um like Disney World they actually spend virtually nothing on the actual logistics of the park. Like every single aspect of the park is sponsored. And so like when you pay your ticket you're you're paying for like bare minimum maintenance and then it's just 100% profit like there's virtually right. no expenditures so may, i mean they, maybe they have some kind of model that makes this work and also like in the first one like they're flying in by helicopter i mean it would cost a fortune to have all these planes and helicopters flying in right. and then by this one like they just have you know giant cruise ships could you imagine you know a ferry that takes a couple of days out of miami or something and just yeah. ferries people back and forth I, I mean maybe it could work out logistically they don't explain it though it's just they, weird they, a couple they of don't, things and a couple of Go things ahead. that bothered me still in the in the in the movie, um, 
that the fact that well dinosaurs aren't good enough for people anymore bullshit that's bullshit then why why did yeah why did twenty thousand people show up every day yeah why why do people people take alaskan cruises just to go see a grizzly bear people would take (laughs) cruises to go see dinosaurs and the, the one thing that's always bugged me about the jurassic park ones is yeah the super predators are pretty cool too bad don't make them only make the herbivores <laughs> <laughs> yeah Ugh. another thing that bothered me the scene all right imagine your special forces in the jungle a team of special forces and you know that waiting in the in this very dense undergrowth are machete wielding people with night vision goggles do you just go in after them I would say not. I would say not. I would say they'd find another way. <laughs> well, all right. So, uh, so it, it's a popcorn film. Uh, Jimbers, was yeah. there anything else that you wanted to take away besides the filmmaking? Yeah, the, the uh, okay. Ideas presented. Yeah, I think popcorn film is a good way to put it. Um, I feel like Colin Trevorrow did the best he could with this, and uh, he made it. On the one hand, it's a crowd pleaser. You know, like he, he's got studio constraints, he's got script constraints, whatever. So, like, on the one hand, he made a, a decent action film. On the other hand, too, there, there was all this self-aware stuff. And I want to say, like, as somebody who's a really big fan of the original Jurassic Park, like, he left a ton of, of Easter eggs in there. You know what I'm talking about with an Easter egg? Yeah. Yeah. Hidden. Like, yeah, little little bits of fan stuff. service. Yeah. And um, I, I was I was just, like, going, like, counting them mentally as I was going through the film, just trying to, you know, make a mental list of them. Because there were dozens of them. And I found later... There were people who were going through the trailers as the trailers came out, but uh, there are a ton of scenes like where the two kids jump off of the waterfall and land in the river, which actually it was kind of like a scene from the original novel too. They end up jumping off a waterfall in the the river. I was thinking predator. Um, Oh yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Um, it's at the end, they come back on land and they said a line, which seemed inexplicable. Like one of them said, we jumped. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, what's that a reference to? And it's from what people refer to commonly as a high wire stunt scene from Jurassic Park where Tim climbs the electric fence and he refuses to jump off and he gets electrocuted. Uh, so it's a reference to the first movie. Um, when they're in the back of the van and they're trying to turn on the cattle prod and they're being chased by the raptor, it's just like the two kids that are stuck in the SUV in the first film and they turn the light on and can't get it off. And in this this case, they can't get the, the cattle prod to turn on and the one boy keeps shouting, turn it on, turn it on. And it's the exact same thing in reverse. I mean, like, there are all kinds of That's little, true. you know, beautiful things like this that are put in there. And, like, the beginning of the film, it plays, um, uh, I think it's a Jurassic Park end reprise when the two kids first show up to Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. And, um, like, the, the younger kid is really, ex- I don't know what the hell these kids' names are, by the way. Um, the younger kid is really excited about, and it's not even like the dinosaurs in and of themselves. Like, he's just excited to go to Jurassic Park, basically. And I think like most of the 30 and 40 year old adults in the audience are kind of like the same way. Like this is taking me back. It's not the same thing, but it's as close as I'm ever going to get. And that's worth something. It It got the pulse up a little bit. It got the what again? It got the pulse up a little bit. Some of those attack scenes. Well, yeah, I mean, it had some, some terrifying scenes, but at at what expense in my opinion? (laughs) Was, it was yeah. Not, Let's put it this way. Right. I'd watch that one again before I'd watch number two. I've only seen number two like three times. I'm, pr- I'm probably with you there. I mean, mm. at least I like Chris Pratt. I like Bryce Dallas Howard, but I did not like them together at all. Oh, I mean, really? Yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. Even when they kissed, it's like, ew, that, that's weird. 
I didn't like her very much. Yeah, I didn't like her very much. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, I just the way the I, character's written. Whenever I look at her, I just see female Ron Howard. So it's, she's already spoiled. Ooh. Um, Ooh. but I have you seen this the theory on the internet that's circulating that Chris Pratt's character, um, he's supposed to be the grown up version of the yeah. kid that yeah, Grant scares that. at the beginning of Dread. Did you see this? Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about all these things too. This is why I was thinking about the computer guy. If that were like Nedry's son or something, you know what I mean? His right. name is Lowry in the film. But like one of the concessions I feel like he, that, um, Trevor had to make is like in the first film, like I think part of the things that it, like it's, it's pretty realistic, even though you're watching a bunch of like dinosaurs run around as ridiculous as the premise is. Cause like the people look like people. And in this, it's like Sam Neill gets replaced with Chris Pratt. Like Laura Dern gets replaced with female Ron Howard. Uh, like Richard Attenborough gets replaced with uh, Irfan Khan. Is that the guy from um, Slumdog Millionaire? I'm not sure. Uh, He's, I'm, that might be a little racist. No. I don't really yeah. like Laura um, Dern in the first one either. I think they could have gone with yeah. a better actress. Oh, I love her. I thought she was great. Mm. Um, she she seems She's like the only competent person in the entire film. I mean, other than um, Ian Malcolm, who kind of sees everything from the start. But even him, I don't know if he's really competent. Oh, I, you know, um, I remember another uh, mistake. If you were dealing yeah. with stuff that dangerous, you would have uh, an emergency underground bunker for all your guests and staff. Yeah. Why, why um, not some sort of like a brain implants where you can just blow their fucking brains up? Or something, if, you know, man. You hit a switch. Uh, yeah, yeah I thought they were, they were saying it had like a shock collar that was built into the, the transplant. Oh, the tracking collar thing yeah. on the Indominus Rex, but it ripped it out anyway. Yeah, it ripped it out. Yeah. Like, what? <sighs> uh, okay, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. done. The the plot holes are uh, super right. like I, I know, I know. Yeah. Oh, it, it, but like you know, if we're gonna talk about plot holes. Doctor Wu, I was actually really excited about because I'm like, how is he going to have grown as a character since the first one? In the novel, he's just like totally focused on I want to see what I can do with bioengineering. Right. I have no sense of morality. And in in this Jurassic World, it's like he's more like the guy from the novel than the original Jurassic Park, yeah. that Dr. Wu. And he just, like, doesn't give a crap. And I don't understand, like, how how is the DNA of the Indominus Rex classified from the CEO and president of InGen himself who asked it to be built in the first place? Right. I don't understand. Like, the president of the company is like, build me a dinosaur using whatever splice DNA, and Dr. Wu does it, and then... The president comes back and is like, "How did you make this dinosaur?" And Doctor Wu's like, "It's classified." Yeah, because wasn't Sugar it paid for? Nice. Wasn't it paid for by the government, and that's why it was classified? I I must have missed know. that part. I don't know. And, and then mysteriously, yeah. Well, no, when, then Seal Team when Six D'Onofrio shows up and the Doctor have their conversation, it sounds like they've been in cahoots for quite some time. Could be. Anyway, all right, yeah. guys. Is there anything else we want to say about? the jurassic world it's a it's a fun ride it's not really a too much of a deep thinker but it it was fun okay. yeah that's it, it's a fun ride it's self-aware enough that i think you know hardcore jurassic park fans will enjoy it um and... that's pretty much it <laughs> don't get your expectations <laughs> up too high. yeah don't 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 yeah don't get your expectations up and uh if you like kind of suspenseful exactly what it is if you like kind of suspenseful action movies go see it or not. Just wait till it comes out on DVD or whatever. <laughs> and, you know, don't join the uh, legions of people that they get a half billion dollars in the first weekend. Yeah, but uh, of gigantic... course, we're, we're almost guaranteed a, a sequel now, another one. But gigantic movie monster films are almost best seen on the big screen, though. 
Yeah. True. Well, yeah, and and like one more thing, like Trevorrow, like what's his one other film? Because I was like, how good of a film can this be when the guy's only other film is Safety Not Guaranteed? But it's almost like the same oh, really? film. Like it's for people. <laughs> yeah. I actually like um, that movie he, a little bit. Yeah, well, it, it shouldn't matter because I, I concede Safety Not Guaranteed is a good film, but it has nothing to do with dinosaur spectacle movies. Right. And uh, But I mean, like on the same hand, I feel like it's kind of the same because it's all about nostalgia. It's all about getting to the past. And Jurassic World is that time machine. True that. Thank you. True that. Okay, right. guys, I think that's going to bring the big dig to a close. Ta-ta for now. Later. All right, later. Bye-bye. What do we do? Just keep calm, Lex. She can't see us if we don't move. Alan, we have to get these children to safety. Mr. Gennaro, take this flare and distract the T-Rex. What? That's suicide. Nothing's going to happen to you. I promise. Wait, wait, wait a minute. I'm only here to die, aren't I? Of course not. You're a very important character. Oh, yeah? What's my first name? Uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, Katia. Uh, Katia. Uh, Milby? Martha. No, 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 that's a female's name. Warge. It's definitely a ma. Harvey. It's Donald. Right. And you are as important to this story as the rest of us. The lawyer? Really? And what are you? I happen to be a world-renowned paleontologist. I know more about dinosaurs than anybody on the planet. Thank you very much. And you? Paleobotanist. Also extremely knowledgeable about dinosaurs. Uh, I'm a chaos theorist. Well, that doesn't sound so important here. You take the flare. Yes, but uh, I was the one who questioned the whole meddling with uh, nature thing. So naturally, I'm going to stick around and rub that in everyone's faces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. You're the comic relief. Give me a break. Well, obviously you two aren't going anywhere. You're children. I'm also a computer genius. How can you be a computer genius? You're 11. Huh. Good idea. Being mean to children, that will help you stick around for a while. Uh, Mr. Gennaro, uh, David, Donald. if I'm going to have any chance of learning to love these children, I'm going to need you to help me save them. Well, if you love the kids so much, here, you throw the flare. I, I don't exactly love them that much yet. But you will. Oh, great. Now, you two are an item. This just keeps getting worse and worse. I said it from the beginning. This whole thing is a mistake. Just save it for the ending, Malcolm. <laughs> There's got to be a better way. I mean, if we just all put our heads together, we can... Oh, oh, wait! Wait! I'm the only one here that knows the park's layout! Oh, no worries. We'll just wing it. No, wait! No, hold on! Wait, 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 wait! I'm, I'm, I'm an excellent lock picker. You may need someone like that later on. Actually, the locks are computer operated, so... Hold it! Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! I am the children's real father! Is this true? My father's name is Howard, and he's in Portland.
Oh, by the way, Malcolm, we're gonna need to mess your leg up so that you're laid up for the rest of the movie. Didn't think you'd mind. <laughs> Sorry. No worry. Uh, I know I'm only funny in uh, small doses.